Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have the privilege of hosting Bob Berbeco. He's a Six Sigma Black Belt and Chief Technology Officer at Adult and Child Health. He is a 2018 Indianapolis Business Journal CTO of the Year honoree. At the firm where he's at, he is leading enterprise data warehouse build to consolidate data from multiple EMRs, Epic, Credible, and Athena. We all know how difficult that is. Financial system and HR system and leading the data governance plan with the goals of increasing data literacy and reducing data reporting inconsistencies. He's uh, developed the strategy and led IT optimization, which reviewed current state, pinpointed process waste reduction opportunities, and mitigated the future state with reduced process waste and cost. He's IT leader to the core that definitely knows how to utilize his vision and grit in understanding how to get things done to improve healthcare outcomes. And it's with a true privilege that I give Bob a warm welcome. Glad you're on the show today. I'm glad I'm here as well, Saul. Thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure. So is there anything that you want to share with the listeners before we continue? No, no. Actually, I appreciate you uh, providing the intro. The only thing I would add is that I I have been in uh, medical technology leadership for much of my career. I find it very rewarding, and um, I continue with that at Adult and Child Health. I find the mission that we have here is very uh, exciting and um, a very true mission. We're dealing with a lot of difficult subjects. Uh, within healthcare, uh, behavioral health, mental health, addiction, therapy. We also do uh, transitional living for folks who are homeless. We're regionally based here uh, within Indianapolis, and um, we're a medium-sized company, and I've been truly enjoying what I've been doing here. Yeah, it's fascinating work, Bob, and, and the impact to regular health, but also public health that you guys are making is big. What made you decide to, to get into healthcare to begin with? Yeah, no, absolutely. Great question. I have found um, being in the medical sector really rewarding uh, personally. I've been in it uh, much of my tech career. I started about 19 years ago. I decided to begin and continue working uh, within medical sector as I feel like every day I'm making a positive difference in patients and clients' lives. Although I'm not a frontline clinical person, I do have, I feel like I have the capacity to improve technology, um, base workflows, reduce costs, um, track data that can help with uh, improvement of treatment. And overall, I feel like I have the ability to have some sort of an influence within um, potentially reducing cost of care. Well, you know, I, I had a guest a couple of years ago say, without margin, there is no mission. And I think uh, mm-hmm. it's so true. So Absolutely. the work you're doing is is making the business sustainable. And then the impact that the business is having on the people is huge. So I'd love to hear from you, Bob, what a hot topic that you feel needs to be on health leaders agendas today and how you and your organization are tackling it. Sure, sure. I think something that is important in regards to improving healthcare outcomes is patient engagement. Providing telehealth services, facilitating in-home health services, enabling patient portals, 
um, providing easy access for patients to their medical records, enabling easy provider lookup, reminders, being active on social media. All of these things, I think, are really big topics that healthcare organizations need to tackle, um, engaging the patient like a customer, ensuring that the patient is getting what they need from the organization, and then doing what you can as a healthcare organization to improve patient lives through that engagement. Definitely, Bob, the the engagement is key. And so as the work that you and and the team there have have done, maybe you could talk to us a little bit about a, a specific story of how you guys have had success. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I mentioned earlier, um, Adult and Child Health, what we do, we assist clients of all ages uh, experiencing uh, serious mental illness and, um, and assist with therapy. Uh, we have about 700 employees. Um, we're partnered with about 120 schools um, within Indianapolis area. And what we do goes beyond um, brick and mortar or mm-hmm. mortar, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and we provide mobile outreach. So what I've been focused on since I've been here is teleconferencing and telehealth. We've implemented a telebehavioral health program to facilitate remote client visits. Mm -hmm. And then internally, we have uh, leveraged Skype for business to facilitate teleconferencing. The coolest thing about telehealth it's enabled us to be able to see more clients between locations. So in the past, if we had a patient that came to one of our locations, it's possible, especially if there was a walk-in, that they might not be able to be seen. If that location um, was packed out for the day, walk-in might potentially not be seen because we would have people already on the calendar. By having this telehealth, if a patient does walk in and it appears that that location has been booked, that person can sit in a room uh, within that location. So they don't have to go anywhere. They don't have to leave, sit in that location and actually be remoted to a provider at another clinic. So um, the best part about this, yes, is no client is turned away in this scenario. That is so cool. And, and it's yeah, interesting. No, it's that, been wonderful. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. interesting that the, the models, and it's fascinating to think of how modular telehealth could be, you know, because I think most people think about telehealth it's something that you do from home. But in this particular situation, you guys brought the monitor into a room within the waiting room to help with overflow to make sure that people get taken care of. Absolutely. Absolutely. And huh. another advantage, too, of that is not only are we not turning away clients, but we're enabling uh, them to be seen. And then, you know, the technology that we have, we can standardize the technology and make sure that there's no glitches or issues when the telehealth is is occurring because there is in our workflow. So that's another important piece of this is with, so you have technology, but you have to make sure that the workflow of the provider is integrated with the technology. Like technology is just a piece of it. So what we do is we start with the workflow make sure there's a workflow in place so that the technology can be applied and then the client can be seen without a, a technological issue. Mm. Have someone on site that can assist too. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, so great. Love the idea and definitely an impact, positive impact that you guys are having by doing that. Tell me about the other side of the coin, Bob. There's projects that don't always work out. Is there something that, that you guys tried that didn't work out that you learned a lot that's made you guys better? Yeah, no, uh, great question. I can look back not only here, but across my career at uh, lessons learned, some failures. And all of them 
I can sum them, sum them up as they all had one similarity. It's when assumptions were made versus actually working with stakeholders or focus groups. A good example that I could think of is a year ago, I was responsible for rolling out a new point of care capture system to providers. It was actually super cool because it was uh, the technology, it would uh, function on like a Palm Pilot or function on a smartphone and um, the provider to be in the room and actually do the, the charge entry, which in previous states, they would either put it on a sheet of paper or they would have to go back to their work area and, and put in the charges. So the technology was awesome. What I learned through this is, so I got handed the project. Project manager who had it before had a plan and I just got the plan. Yeah. And instead of sitting down and level setting on what the current state was and with my stakeholders and the physicians and service line ministers, I started to kind of move down that plan because I thought everything was in place. Yeah. Well, it wasn't. Oh, boy. <laughs> there were a lot of perception issues and yeah. with how the technology worked, how it worked in the workflow and the original plan was a big bang um, versus a phase, like a controlled phase rollout. So at that moment, I learned I put everything on hold. I uh, took a step back, even though there was a, a big organizational pressure for this to proceed because it involved charge capture and also involved some financial implications. But I, I quickly met with the stakeholders, identified issues, and um, determined the options to overcome any of the issues, and then communicated the path forward. In addition, the key was something else I learned. I don't think communication was was as good um, with the project. And so I made sure there were continual cadence as far as uh, continuing with the stakeholders, ensuring there was a comfort level there. And as we completed each phase, lessons learned were gathered and we would use those for the next phase. So in summary, what I learned um, from that and that I always keep in my mind um, with projects I work on is never assume and don't just proceed down this path before ensuring that there's engagement with your stakeholders and it's a good communication plan. And that's that's something that I, I keep taking forward. Yeah, no, it's a it's a great it's a great piece of uh, advice to provide here with with the listeners. And uh, yeah, definitely glad that uh, you know you're able to take those diamonds out of the out of the lesson for the listeners today. You know, hot top the hot topic that that keeps coming up is is behavioral health and I know that's a core that you guys work on. You guys do community treatment and school treatments. How are you guys getting paid on that? Is it is it insurance or or Medicare? That's a good question. So much of much of what we are getting paid on is is through Medicare and and Medicaid. Got it. Um, we do have commercial insurance that comes in, but the majority of our clients are uh, Medicaid and Medicare. Got it. Very cool. And look, I mean, the suicide rate is getting worse. I mean, mm -hmm. we're at an all time high. I think the work that you guys are doing is so important. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's that's what drives me too. Is is that mission? I take it to heart every day. That's awesome. Well, Bob, you know, there's definitely a lot of good that could be done in this field. And, and the work that you're doing is certainly uh, contributing to the, to the wellness of, of, of the community that you work in. So kudos to you and, and your team for doing what you do. What would you say one of your most exciting and proud experiences has been to date? The proudest moments that I've had throughout my career has been when I've, I've been able to mentor others who work for me or individuals that I associated with. What I really love to do is mentor people. That's actually what I get the most out of leadership. 
And in interacting with them, I learn a lot from them as well. So the greatest rewards that I've experienced within my career have always been where I felt like I had the capacity to influence someone um, in their growth. And then over the years, I've watched their career flourish. And there's mm-hmm. multiple people that I've had that opportunity. And over the years, some can be upwards of 15 years, others a couple of years. I've seen them grow and watch where their career's at. And it warms my heart to see. I truly love just having some sort of an influence in that. Bob, you have like a little fellowship program there. You're cranking out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. It's funny. It's, I, I, that's funny. I, I the do. Bob fellowship. Yeah. <laughs> the Bob fellowship program. <laughs> it's awesome though. It I mean, awesome. it's, it's truly awesome when you feeling. see others. Yeah. Like you see a potential in someone because in them and, and they and sometimes they're not sure where they want to go in their career and just trying to guide them you know asking questions and learning from them and guiding them down that path of, of what their career choices would be I get so much out of that I get mm. so much out of those personal interactions that's awesome Bob no that's uh that's really great I definitely you know I've had some great mentors in my life as well as been a mentor to others and there's there's definitely uh something magical to that it definitely feels good tell us about an exciting project you're working on today sure sure absolutely So something we're working on today is we've recently consolidated data from multiple EMRs. Uh, This has been from Epic, Credible, Athena, from finance, from external claims, and HR into one warehouse. This is something that we've been working on over the past year. The next step and the exciting step is for us to produce uh, the reporting. So by leveraging the data that we have within that warehouse and then integrate KPIs that can be used to monitor results. So what we're working on right now is building the architecture, building the visualization. Um, We're using Microsoft reporting services and Power BI to get techie there for a second. (laughs) And then we're going to leverage that to enable both the drill down capabilities and high level dashboards for uh, managers and executives. Wow, very cool. Yeah, you gotta you gotta have a scoreboard to know if you're winning mm-hmm. or losing. Absolutely, absolutely. And then yes, uh, have that scoreboard and see how you're doing and monitor your results. I mean, it gives all those uh, strategic goals. Um, you have to have a plan to get to them. So absolutely, that's powerful. Good for you, man. That sounds like you're really bringing just putting some handles on the business to help managers and leaders there and and even the frontline workers do a better job. This time of the podcast, I have a lightning round. So I got a couple questions for you there. And then I'll uh, ask you for your favorite book. You ready? Sure. All right. All righty. What is the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? I think I mentioned a little bit of that earlier, Uh, patient engagement. I think um, patient engagement is the best way for us as a healthcare organization to uh, improve the healthcare outcomes, um, engaging the patient, providing the services they need, educating them, providing the portals and the communications that they need, and then you know actively work with them on educating them on um, what they can do within their healthcare needs to um, improve. So it's like a partnership. What's the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? Assumption. Don't assume what your customers' patients would want. Uh, leverage focus groups, create engagement, provide options, and gather feedback from them. Love that. How do you stay relevant despite constant change? Yes, that's a great question. Be thoughtful about the environmental changes. Think about what is most important for your patient and your customer. Answering that question will enable the changes to be customer-driven. 
What's one area of focus that drives everything in your organization, Bob? Our clients, our patients are the reason for everything that we do. The stories of achievement, healing, and hope that I hear, that we hear on a regular basis is what truly inspires us to keep moving forward. These next two are a little more on a personal note. What is your number one health habit? Oh, number one health habit. Eating well. Um, I do work out. I do do bodybuilding. Um, I ride bicycles. I've actually done some bodybuilding competitions. So have you really? Um, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a huge guy though. <laughs> <laughs> but still, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. So health is very important to me. I mean, mm-hmm. I can share that when I was younger, I was very overweight. I um, I was 18 and about 242 pounds. I'm now I'm in the 160s. Man. I, awesome. I kept the weight off. Yeah, I kept the weight off for for a long time, and so I think health, health, and being thoughtful about your health is just a really important thing. Wow, awesome! I love that. Very cool. And what is your number one success habit? I would say it's persistence. I am not a uh, a give up type person. There are some times in in your life or on projects where it's time to you make that that ROI determination and you have to go ahead and say, okay, I think we sunk enough cost into it. But if there is an inkling of hope or if there's, you know, if it's a bad situation and there's a way that it can be turned around, I'm very persistent. Love that. And what book would you recommend to the listeners? Yeah. So a book that I've, I've read that I, I really like is Master the Matrix by Susan Finnerty. Most of what we do uh, especially within healthcare, most of what we do is we work within a matrix environment. Yeah. And so having those skills to partner and influence others are, are really important skills. So I, I saw this book in reading it. It provides a good foundation or a great foundation for anyone who encounters matrix management and provides them with advice and guidelines. It's actually a, a really easy to read book. Some of them get a little technical when you yeah. read some of these business books. And this was a real easy read. Love it. What a great recommendation. Folks, you could go to outcomesrocket.health and check out a full transcript of our talk with Bob today, as well as links to Adult and Child and the book that he recommended. Check those out. Just go to outcomesrocket.health. You'll find it there. Before we conclude, Bob, I'd love if you could just share a closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could uh, follow your work. Sure, absolutely. Uh, Closing thoughts are, is I see healthcare as a real, um, real important mission-driven genre as far as uh, uh, working within it. And I truly enjoy it. I think healthcare has a lot of rewards to it and a lot of chances, even within technology, to have some uh, positive uh, changes made within, especially when it comes to cost of care. In regards to uh, myself, I can be reached at bravecco at gmail.com. And I'm also available through LinkedIn. I think I'm, I'm one of the few Rebecca's out there. So it's probably easy to find. <laughs> love it. Love it. So there you have it, folks. There's the way to get in touch with Bob if something in today's interview resonated with you. And uh, yeah, just keep up the awesome work, Bob. I really appreciate you spending time with us. No, I appreciate it as well. Bob. It was a great conversation. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more.